Hello, friends. I'm Clarissa, and I'm grateful to share with you today. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. I used to sing this song as a child, and today I sing it with my children. I liked the words then. I embrace the meaning today, and I want you to, too. But why? As much as I know or believe anything, I believe this. You matter. I matter. Simply because we are, we matter. In this cosmic ball of our world, of our earth, which has been swirling and changing and being, for 4.5 billion years, which is 4,500 million years, you are unique. There has never been another human like you. You with a heart beating, with oxygen flowing, with that annoying calic on the left side of your head. With your moving, your sensing, your seeing, your loving. There has never been another one who has done you who has been you, and there never will be. The same is true for me and the person sitting next to you and the person sitting next to you on the screen. Each of us is wonderfully, exquisitely, wildly, irritatingly unique. If you don't shine your light, the world misses it. We will never see it, and no one else can shine it for you. My light is for me to shine. The Fiona light is for Fiona to grow and express. The Everett Dill light is for Everett to grow and express. In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul writes, Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, Because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to this body. That would make it no less a part. And if the ear would say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would our hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? Paul reminds us that we need each other to show up. Our job, it's not to compare, to copy, to judge but to be who and what we are. Your job and mine is to shine our unique light. But how? How do we let our little light shine? Or how do we live from a place of authenticity, giving, our, our, giving authority to our own beloved selves? As humans, we are pack animals, babies, children, teenagers, adults, we know this. We cannot exist on our own. If babies are given food and water and shelter, having all of their physical needs met, if they're deprived of human connection and love, their bodies will suffer, even die. In order to live, we need to be connected to one another. We need to belong. As such, we may work very hard to belong, even compromising our own selves to be part of that group. Throughout growing up, I learned that I could be a part of a group, 
and be a more highly regarded and less secure member of that group if and when I followed the rules. And these rules varied depending on what group of people I was with. In, the, in my family, the rules I perceived included work hard, be kind, don't be angry, please and appease authority figures. At school, some rules included cool people are athletic, have a certain body type, do well in school, and hang out with other people, cool people. So do that. Also, don't show your insides, but try to do what everyone else is doing. At church, some rules included you are loved and you are selfish. So love people and diminish your own needs. And marriage is for a lifetime. Some of these rules I continue to abide by today. Some I don't, evidently. My contention is less about the content of the rules, but rather the premise that my mattering and value as a daughter, a Christian, a human, are contingent on me embodying somebody else's rules. I was taught that if I wanted to sit at the communal fire, I must surrender and sometimes extinguish my small, wild, and weird light. But it doesn't have to be this way, friends. I believe that we can nurture families, friends, and communities where conformity is not the price we pay for belonging. Authenticity and belonging need not be mutually exclusive. As a community of friends and in the other communities which we find ourselves, we can invite people to shine their light by practicing what Dr. Doreen Dodger-McGee coins radical welcome. Doreen, fellow Quaker, is the inspiration for this message. She not only writes on the subject, but she embodies radical welcoming as much as anyone I know and has helped me to deepen my practice. So today I wanna to share three simple ways that we can encourage little lights to shine. Three ways we can authorize ourselves and others to live with courageous authenticity. Three ways we can practice radical welcoming. The first I want to suggest is expressed in my favorite parenting quote by Toni Morrison. Here it is. When a child walks in the room, your child or anybody else's child, do your eyes light up? That's what they're looking for. When my children used to walk in the room when they were little, I looked at them to see if they'd buckled their trousers, if their hair was combed, or if their socks were up. You think your affection and your deep love is on display because you're caring for them. It's not. When they see you, they see the critical face. So let your face speak what's in your heart. Have you had this experience? Have you been greeted by someone whose eyes are being lights up when you meet them? Can you feel it in your body? Some joy, some relief, some invitation to show up. This is what I dream about for our families and our community. I long for us to meet each other, our siblings, our children, our parents, our partners, our grocery clerks who are in harm's way today during this pandemic with a face that lights up with love and celebration. They are here. This week I listened to Dr. Omar Rita, child trauma expert and Muslim refugee to this country, share about the importance of eye contact. In these days with COVID-19, when I find myself constantly looking for more stimuli to satiate my curiosity, 
and after a break from boredom, I taped on my walls these little papers. It says eye contact. They're invitations to let my eyes connect with the other people in my home, namely my sons and partner. And I feel the difference. I feel us growing our sense of belonging to each other in this simple act. So I wonder if you'll try it with me, allowing your face to speak what's in your heart. Take the time and do what you need, be it setting your phone aside like I've been working on or turning towards curiosity rather than towards judgment, to let your face speak your heart to the mail deliverer, to your housemate, or even get this, your very own self. Take a few seconds while you're brushing your teeth and look your beloved self in the mirror with loving and soft eyes. As we let our faces light up and express what is in our hearts to the people around us, we are communicating a message of belonging. You are wanted, you belong, your light can shine here. Secondly, to practice well, radical welcome and invite each of our lights to shine, we best recognize the flickering of our little lights with celebration and with humility. To shine the light of our being, to grow and express that which is uniquely us, which may not align with, with the rules society enforces. This takes time and effort and practice and courage. That light within us that our world desperately needs might rightfully fear showing its face. It might fear judgment, criticism, and worst of all, a declaration that it doesn't belong. So let us celebrate when we see the soul peeking its head out. Let us celebrate when we see the light flickering in you or in our neighbor. If your child does something that does not fit your idea of what they should do, Consider responding with curiosity and even celebration. Wow, I would have never thought of that. Maybe that's his unique spirit flickering. Or perhaps you'll be in a conversation and you voice a different belief than, is being, than what is being said. Wow, celebrate that. Your spirit is flickering. Perhaps when you see a stranger doing something that society tells them they should not do, perhaps you could celebrate their spirit showing up sending them a silent message of thanks for their courage and allowing their courage to rub off on you. Celebrating the wild flickering in other people's life is, better, is easier done with a dose of humility. When I recognize that believe it or not, I may not know what is best for every person in this world, I am more liberated to see and celebrate people as they are. Unfortunate and shocking as it may be for me, I haven't been endorsed as world pharmacist charged with writing prescriptions for every wonderful and annoying human I encounter. Neither are you. If Einstein's mom would have insisted that her toddler follow the CDC's developmental milestones and demanded young Einstein to speak on time, he might not have spent his first four years of life silently observing, growing brain connections that help him helped him to discover the world in ways never done before. If my dearest friend Candace would not have doodled incessantly on all assignments to the chagrin of her teachers and parents alike, she may not have become the prolific artist and bold thinker she is today. My prescription for you likely blocks me from seeing you and may worse obstruct your light from shining. 
especially in relationships with our children and youth, might we loosen our grip of how we think they should be so that we could see them in their full weird and wonderful. So to welcome these little lights to shine because they are unique, because they matter, because our world desperately needs them. We can let our faces light up in greeting one another. We can humbly celebrate the wonderful and weird flickering of these lights in each other and in ourselves. And the last thing I want to mention to you today is that we can welcome our lights by attending to ourselves with compassion and kindness. Parker Palmer writes that our souls are like wild animals. If we're hoping to spot a wild animal, the last thing we should do is stand in the middle of the forest yelling at the bear, show up or else. Our souls are no different. We cannot demand them, scold them, shame them into, into shining. To the contrary, my authentic self is more able to speak and show up as I've developed compassionate and not judgment towards it. Nonviolent communication expert Sarah Payton coins the phrase compassionate self-witness. Over the last decade with her and Dr. Doreen, I've done work to nurture compassionate, kind, and accompanying self within me. More simply, I'm learning to be my own best friend, one who speaks with kindness, who pays attention to my own feelings and needs, who stays with me. We all have voices inside our heads. Often those voices resemble the voices that we heard when we were children. These voices might be warm and gentle at times, and they also might be critical, judging, shaming. If they're the latter, our lights might rightfully fear showing up. But we can do work to transform these voices to become more friendly and welcoming. Even doing simple things such as noticing our own feelings and naming them can help so much. For example, a few days ago, I snuck over to my phone while my kids were momentarily occupied. I had been expecting an email that I suspected would express dis disapproval and dissatisfaction towards me. As I approached my phone, my throat tightened, my mouth dried, my jaw clenched, and this time I noticed. I slowed my race to the phone and spoke to my own self to the tune of, huh, I wonder if you're feeling dread and fear. Oh, yes, my body responded. I continued, I wonder if you have a need for predictability. I wonder if you need to feel sturdy, to be effortlessly rooted like a tree. I wonder if you'd like little things like emails to roll off you without taking your energy. With that loving and warm attentiveness to my own self, along with the precision of naming my needs, my body relaxed. My soul received another reassuring message that I'm gonna show up for her. If we want to create radical welcome out there, we also need to create radical welcome in here. And so my third and final invitation to you is to consider your own feelings this week and listen to them. Take a little time to attend to them, just as you might attend to a baby or a hurt animal who's in front of you. If you're feeling scared, perhaps you could say, oh, I wonder if you're feeling scared. Of course you're feeling scared. What are you afraid of? What do you need me to hear? 
I hope you might listen because you matter. Your soul matters. And so does mine. Your soul and mine are wonderfully, exquisitely, wildly, irritatingly unique. And we need your soul and mine to show up. We've only got a short time to live on this 4.5 billion year old planet. Please don't spend your life as a tribute to someone else's belief system. Albeit St. Paul or Adam Smith or your dear mom. There is too much at stake for you and for us. Your authentic showing up is what we need. And we need your neighbors too. So may we practice radical welcoming in big and small ways, in small ways such as through eye contact, through humbly celebrating the flickering of our weird and wild lights, and through being a kind friend to our own beloved selves. At my work with Oasis, when I facilitate gatherings and ask people to engage, I make it a practice to volunteer first for what I'm asking others to do. Today, I'm asking you to celebrate, to courageously shine your wonderful and weird light and warmly greet and celebrate others who are doing the same. And so I'm going to leave you with my small step toward shining, weirdly and wonderfully, to the tune and words of this little light of mine. Feel free to join me in listening or in dancing to Elizabeth Mitchell sing this little light of mine as I weirdly and wildly show up in my unique way. And as that song closes, and we move into our time of open worship, I invite you to engage these queries. What is a small step I can take this week to encourage radical welcoming in my life and community? And when have I witnessed courageous light shining in my life and in the life of others? What are some examples that buoy my own courage? Let it shine, let it shine.